thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, we're back in um, that series on the Joshua Code. You know, the Joshua Code is basically 52 verses that we've looked at all year or that we're going to look at. We haven't touched all of them. Obviously, we've had some interruptions and bumps along the ride. But uh, we're trying to cover 52 verses that the church can't leave this earth without knowing. We've got to know these verses. We've got to claim them, memorize them, live by them. They've got to be uh, not just verses, but they've got to be our declarations as individuals, as the little church. And today is a word uh, that you just don't hear anymore, boy. You just don't hear it. It is the forgotten word in the Christian vocabulary. And the word is simply repent. It, you just don't hear repent. I mean, I don't know how long it's been since you came to church and even heard the word repent, but it's just a word you just don't hear anymore because it's just not politically right. It's not, it's just a hard word, okay? And so the church has begun to avoid the word because it kind of rubs people the wrong way. Can I just tell you something? That Jesus, throughout his ministry, all through the Old Testament and New Testament, you can look, I mean, after scripture after scripture, and it's about repentance. It's about repent. Jesus began his ministry, concluded his ministry. The apostles were about it. They preached repentance. When they started the, the, the church at Pentecost in Acts 2, repentance, repentance, repentance. And, and, and even all the way to Revelation. John the Revelator in, in, in the churches in Asia, at the very conclusion, in, in Revelation 25, he's talking about repentance. And why, if it's so important in Scripture, why is it left out of the church today? Why? I believe we have become so attached to a canned word that we like to use today called seeker-friendly, that we've become a church and a society of seeker-friendly that we don't want to say anything that might cause someone to be uncomfortable at church and not come back. And so we have basically begun to serve bumper stickers and cotton candy and circuses instead of the gospel, to the real, true, biblical gossip. And the gospel says you got to preach repentance. Repentance is a key word in the Bible. I mean, repentance is not going to get you to heaven but you won't get to heaven without repentance. I mean, it does still take faith and, and, and belief in Jesus Christ and professing of that. And I want to look at the word repentance because Jesus says that it's an important word. And if it's important to Jesus, it's got to be important to the church. Amen. And so let's look at it. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Just a real quick, simple verse. Verse 17. Matthew four seventeen. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. We're going to look simply at two questions today. What is repentance and where is repentance? And probably the bigger question today is probably where is it? Okay, but let's look at what it is. Let's start by saying what it's not. Can you put, flash that up, Jedman? What it's not. Let's look at what it's not. Okay, it's going to help us answer the question. Repentance is not remorse. It's not simply being sorry for our sin. 
okay? Repentance is not, I'm sorry, okay? Because here's what happens. If you're just sorry for your sin, (laughs) when that sorry wears off, probably going to do it again, okay? But I'm going to say something to you. You repent and you won't. You just won't. I mean, you can't just be sorry for your sin. Okay, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it in just a little bit. Keep rolling there, Jed, man. It's not just remorse. Repentance is not regret. It's not merely wishing the deed had not happened. Pointless Pilate wished it hadn't happened. He, he tried to wash his hands of the thing. Remember that? He, he, he gave Jesus over. He regretted that the decision even came to him. He tried to wash his hands and wash the blood off. He wished it never happened. There's a lot of people out there that wish that that sin wish that that sin that, that cost him so much wish it never happened. But did they repent from that? We'll look at it in just a little bit. Let's keep rolling. It's not regret, it's not remorse, it's not what else? It's not resolve, it's not to resolve. It's not like a new year's resolution. We we sometimes do that, okay? We say, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna try harder. I'm just gonna do better. No, you're not. It's kind of like your workout in January 1st. You committed. I'm I'm gonna work out five times a week, 30 minutes a day. I can do it. All right. Everybody that's still doing that, stand up. <laughs> man, some honesty in the house. Daryl Deloach is still doing it, man. Way to represent, brother. We gotta have somebody. Everybody needs a hero. We got one. All right. Daryl's still doing it. It's not resolved because here's the deal. You've been there. I mean, can I just say something to you? The alcoholic always says, I won't do it again. And I'm sorry if you grew up with an alcoholic, you know that pain. Hurts, man. Okay? Hurts. Other sin. Pornography. Places you go, I don't do it again, I promise. I'm not going to do it again. Get caught, I'm sorry. Let me tell you something. They'd never say that if they hadn't got caught. They just keep on doing it. Because we as humans tend to do, we'll do it until we get caught. Until it costs us something most of the time. Okay? Let's keep going. It's not just resolve. Daryl, very proud of you, brother. (laughs) If you're not messing with me. It's repentance is not reform. It's not turning over a new leaf. That's the one that drives me crazy. Okay? Let me say something to you. This this world is in a mess. And and it's very, 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 very confusing. Okay? Very confusing. The other day I was going down Sancy, and a guy had a bumper sticker on that said, Turn or burn. Okay? So we go up two lights, and you know right in there where you want to, there's all these shopping centers off to the left, and you're going north on, on, on Sansi. And if you get in that left lane, nobody knows when they really want to get in the turn lane because they're not real sure what store it is. Is it this one? Is it this one? Do I go up to Applebee's? Do I go up to this one? And, and they're like 25 miles an hour, and they do this. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, they do this. And so there's this guy over here on the side on a motorcycle, and this turn and burn dude is, is driving, and this lady will not get over. 
And finally, I mean, this guy just has enough with his turning burn stickers. He just goes up beside her and just gives her a big old bird. Now, I, I just thought, now, that's an interesting gesture by turning burn, dude, because I'm sure when he goes by and she's in the turn lane and, and, and she's like, you know, she's got all the little uh, stick people. You know, it's got like four kids, suburban kids all over the place, you know, lo- Happy Meals going from back seat to front seat. That's my cheeseburger. I didn't want a cheeseburger. I don't like fries. I mean, yeah, it's that kind of stuff. And so she don't, she's refereeing and driving on Sansi. That's bad. And so I'm sure she's like, that's very confusing. That's the world we live in. Turn and burn, Jesus stickers, uh, all this stuff. They're the ones acting like this. So it's, it's crazy out there. So you got these people want to turn over new leaves. People living in sin, man. I mean, just living in sin. And what they want to do is they want to come to church, feel good that they're there, but not change. I mean, they know what they're struggling with deep inside. They know that. But everybody at church is fine. They just smile, shake hands, and fool everybody. But I'm telling you, there's this world that's struggling with stuff, man. And Jesus says we've got to repent of stuff, man. I want you to look at the definition of repent. Get to that real fast. Here's what repentance is. Repentance comes from the Greek word, work that literally, a word that, that says really means word, okay? That literally means to change one's mind. It is a change of mind that affects a change of will and in turn brings about a change of action. You say, wow, that's a big old definition. Right. Does that look like turnover new leaf? That is not turnover, New Leaf. That is not, oop, <laughs> got my hand caught in the cookie jar. Honey, I, I hadn't been cheating every night at midnight. It's just tonight, okay? No, you, you really have been cheating every night. But, but here's the deal. We've got a country that I'm telling you, there is no right and wrong in America anymore. You notice that? Here's what right and wrong is. Right is whatever I think is right, and right, wrong is whatever I think is wrong. And so if this is right for me, then I'm okay. And you can't judge me. But I'm going to say something to you. This book right here, our founding fathers, I'm telling you, built this nation on the word. You look at the Declaration of Independence. You look at some of those speeches by some of our presidents. I'm telling you, they wouldn't give a State of the Union address without talking about the word. I mean, they would talk the word in a State of the Union address. They would declare passage of Scripture. Now, that's not the deal now. But I'm telling you, there's some stuff in this country that is messed up. Messed up. And I'm going to tell you something. We as a country and we as a people have got to repent, man. Repent. Because it's not about whether it's right or wrong for me and what it looks like in my eyes and you're not supposed to judge me. Dude, that is sin. That's just flat out sin. Sin. And we got to call it for what it is and repent from it and turn and go back to God. Repentance is simply, simply this. You're going this way, and you repent, and you turn, and you go that way. So I'm walking away from God. You say, well, what if you're a believer? Can you, can you still walk away from God and live in sin if you're a believer? Yes, you can. you got to walk over Jesus to do it, but you can do it. There's a lot of people that are saved today that are living in sin. Just habitual sin. They're doing stuff and they know it's wrong. They're hiding it. They're getting away with it. They're cheating here. They're doing this. They're doing that. And but flat out living in it. And they need to repent from that and turn and come back to God. 
It is not saying, I'm going to turn over a new leaf, I'm going to try harder, I'm sorry I got caught. It's none of that. It's flat out simply to repent. And folks, we have gotten away from the fact that, that the church today has got to understand that we have got to get back to the Word. And the Word says you've got to repent. You've got to repent. Okay? I want you to look at a couple things with me real quick. I want you to go to Luke 15. I want you to see repentance beautifully laid out in Scripture. Luke 15. Many of you know the story of the prodigal son, the lost son. I want you to go, let's just begin in verse 11 to kind of set the table for it. Verse 11, now listen to repentance in this passage. You can see every bit of this in this passage. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. Not long after that, a younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth and while on wild living. After he had spent everything, there was, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out as a citizen of the country and sent him to the fields to feed pigs. Now, this is what the kid did after he got it all, all right? He longed to be filled with his stomach with the pods and pigs of his eating, but no one would give him anything. And when he came to his senses, okay, key word there, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out to go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. My son, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and am no longer worthy to be called your sons. But the father said to the servants, Quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Folks, that's just repentance. That's just flat-out biblical repentance. If you are walking away from God, living in sin, you've got to understand that you are living in sin. It's not a bad choice. It's not, uh, I'm a victim. This is why I choose this. If my parents hadn't divorced, if the teacher would like me, if the coaches would give me a chance to play, if this or this or this or this, it's just sin. And you're living in sin, okay? And you, and you have chose to do that, okay? And so what you've done is you're walking away from God. And it says that he came to his senses. Came to his senses, okay? And he said, I have sinned against whom? You, Father, and you alone, okay? He called it for what it is. And he went back his father okay he went back folks we have got if we're moving this away from god and you repent you've got to go back to god 
And you, I want you to understand something. You say, well, I can't do that because how am I going to be received by the church? How am I going to be received by, by, by Jesus? Just like that. Just like that. He'll see you far off, and he'll embrace you, hug you, and love you. Okay? He'll get the fatted calf, and he'll have a celebration. And he'll dance in your presence, and you'll dance with him. Why? Because you've come back home. We got to come back home as a nation, but we first got to come back home as a people. Now, friends, I'm going to tell you something. You can repent from a lot of things in life. You can repent of a hardened heart, callous heart, bitter words. Okay? You can repent from being cynical and judgmental. You can repent from just being flat out mean. You can repent of a whole lot of things. But it can't be, well, I'm sorry. That's it. I'm sorry. Because that's not going to change. You've got you to gotta understand that that is sin and call it for what it is. It's just not a bad choice. Okay? It's just not a bad decision. If you're living in sin, you've got to come back to Jesus. And there's a bunch of people out there today that are just flat out living in sin. And the church won't call it sin because if we call it sin, then they may not come back. But you've got to call it sin. Because the Bible calls it sin, and it's what it is. The woman caught in adultery was brought to Jesus, okay? Jesus listened to their deal, wrote on the sand, and he stood up and said to her, oh, he said to them first, those who without sin throw the first stone. They began to walk away, oldest ones first. And then he turned to her and said, where are those who accuse you? There are none. Then what? Then go and leave your life of sin. Go and leave it. Didn't say go and make better decisions. Doesn't say, you know, go, go, go and try harder. Go and make a better New Year's resolution. Go and turn over a new leaf. Go and leave what? Your life of sin. Leave your life of sin. Leave it. Okay? That's what we've got to do as a people. We've got to understand that when we repent of sin, we are going the opposite way that God wants us to go. And we've got to repent of that and say, God, I've sinned against you and you alone. Just like David said. I I'm sorry. I broke your heart, God. I broke your heart. And I'm sorry. I'm not going to break your heart anymore. You didn't die on the cross for that. You died on the cross for me to live a righteous life. I'm not going to be perfect, but you didn't die on the cross for that. And I can do better than that. I will do better than that. And I sin not against anything else. I've only sinned against you. I've, I've only hurt you and broke your heart. And I'm sorry I broke your heart. I mean, can you imagine to listen to a state of, a, state of the union address by our president? That first thing he says is, God, I, I want you to know that we as a country have broken your heart. We broke your heart, God. We have. We kill more babies in this country. We kill a ton of them. We get mad at, at, at one thing, and it gets all the news. But the thing that can't speak gets nothing. Nothing. Now, friends, we, we, we have got to humble ourselves and realize that we as a people have sinned against a holy God. And we've got to repent of that sin and turn back to God. Turn back to him. In the church, it's got to happen, and outside the church, it's got to happen. 
And the reason that it's not happening as a country sometimes is because the church is not. Because we, we, we're, we're not taking account, we're not being accountable for our sin in the church. We're not. And we've got to be accountable for our sin in the church too. Okay. Last thing is this. Where is repentance? I forgot how many slides I got. Do I have more slides, Jed? I do, I do. Where is repentance in salvation? Does repentance produce precede faith, or does faith come before repentance? That's been a big theological debate for years. Okay? The question comes is where is repentance when it comes to salvation? Does 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 repentance beat faith or does faith beat repentance? You say, I don't know. Does it matter? No. Doesn't matter. The deal is, it's the same thing as a two-sided coin. Charles Spurgeon, the great theologian, said that Siamese twins are joined together. It's the same thing. But here's the deal. Repentance will not get you to heaven, but you will not get to heaven without repenting. Period. You've got to repent of your sin and believe that Jesus died on the cross and confess that he died on that cross and you shall be saved. And in Folks, without it, you won't be there. Where is, where is repentance today? Repentance should be after salvation. You should see repentance every day after salvation. If a person is walking with the Lord and they get off track or they sin, there should be repentance right there. Honey, not, not honey, I made a mistake. Honey, here's what I did. Call it for what it is. Repent from it and turn and walk the other way. Okay? Let me ask you, let me say something to you. I, I, I see this a lot in men's groups, okay? And I'm thankful for men's group we have in this. We have a great men's group. But, but sometimes in men's group what happens is we, 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 and it can happen in other groups, and I'm not just picking on men's group, but sometimes in men's group a man will confess the fact that he's living in sin in an area of his life, okay? And we quickly want to say, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry, 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 sorry that's happening. But what that man really needs to say is, I'm living in this. And the leader of that group or men in that group, they should wait and let that man say, I know I've done that. And, and, and I've not done that to you guys, and I haven't done it to my church. I've done it to my family, but ultimately I've done it to a holy God. And I want to repent from that and turn from that. And I want you guys to hold me accountable to that. Now, what that means is, from this day forward, any man in that group can come to that man and say, in, in that setting, how you doing in that area, man? How you doing? That's good accountability. But folks, too many times what happens is, we'll confess sin, and we'll get sloppy loved and cried over, but that man's not broken over his sin. He's just broken over the fact that he got caught in his sin. And I'm going to tell you, when that feeling wears off, most of the time, that guy's back at it. But man, when that guy's broken over the fact that he has sinned against a holy God, and he repents of that, he was going this way, telling God what to do, and he's a broken man, comes right back to God. And now it's a surrender to a holy God. He's a, he surrenders. It's not his will anymore. I, I'll smoke because I want to smoke, and you don't tell me what to do. I'll keep tithing, but I'm going to keep smoking. I'm going to keep tithing, but if I want to get drunk, I'm going to get drunk. 
If I want to look at this, I'm going to look at this. You can have 90% of my life, but this 10%, I'll do what I want to do with it. You need to repent. Because 90% of Jesus didn't die for you. 100% died for you. 100%. And he died for all of you, every bit of you. And you do not have the right as a created being made by God, who God sent his only begotten son to die for you on an old rugged cross called Calvary, to look him in the eyes and say, I will do what I want to do with my life, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, and you don't tell me what to do. I'm just telling you, man, that is absolute, absolute blasphemy in the face of God. We have not, we don't have the shoes to wear to speak to a God that way. And we've got, I'm telling you, we've got a country that is looking God in the face with money in their hand that says, in God we trust, is telling God what they're going to do. And man, we've got we to quit. And we've got to quit in the church telling God what to do as well. We've got to live a life not only inside this wall, but outside this wall that honors the Father. And if we're not, man, if he's not honored in our conversation, in the places we go, the things we do, the things we participate in, and if, if God's not honored in that, we've got to confess that sin and call it what it is and repent from it and come back to God and quit hiding it and thinking we've done something. It, we've got to, as a church, understand that repentance is not a bad word, and it's not from a bully, mean God. It's a God that loves you just like the Father loved the prodigal son. He wants to throw, he wants to run and meet us halfway and restore us, man, if we allow him. You've got to let the Father restore you. You've got to. You can't keep running. You can't keep hiding. Jesus said, I came for the sick, not the well. You've got to be willing to say, I'm sick. You've got to be willing to say, I'm sick. As we move to a time of invitation, I simply want to ask you, church, one question. Where, where does repentance fit in your life? Where? For some of you in here, it may be the fact that you need to repent of your sins and get saved. But there's never been a time in your life that you've been born again and you know that. You know that. For some of you, you're born again child of the king, but those old, old, old bones have resurrected themselves. Or there's some things in your life that have come in, even as a saved man. Okay, our saved person. And you've began to do stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing. And you know, nobody else knows. You're sitting there going, nobody knows a thing. I mean, nobody knows I do this. Nobody. Nobody. I'd be a fool to say anything. I'm asking you to come back to the Father and repent of that stuff. And be free. Let the chains come off. And so during this invitation time, it's simple. Is repentance for you in the area of salvation? Is repentance of you in the area of a lifestyle? That you need to repent from a sin. Not a bad choice, okay? Not an accident, not anything else, just sin. It's just sin. Call it what it is and know who it's against and it's against the Father and come back to the Father. So this morning, during the invitation, if you need to come for those two reasons, those, let that, those two things sit out there for you. Repentance for salvation, repentance for lifestyle. Maybe your family this morning here, and uh, you're looking for a church home, okay? And, and you feel God's led you here. So during this invitation time after we pray, if you want to come to me, join the church, that'd be awesome. I, I, I highly recommend this place, all right? I think it's a great church. But folks, we in the church have got to understand that repentance 
must find its place in the church. Because I'm going to tell you, there's some churches in America that won't even touch that word. Not even touch it. Okay? Because it might offend somebody. Okay? What offends people is not touching the word repentance and letting the church people act like that out there. That's what offends people. It's turning burn dude shooting a bird. Okay? That's what offends people. So let's pray and you do what God leads you to do this morning. Father, this morning, I thank you for your word. Father, sometimes your word is a, is, is, is a tough word. It's a word that we may not want to really come face to face with. But God, it's a word that brings an incredible, incredible amount of freedom and peace. And God, for us as a believer, repentance can set us free. Repentance of a mouth that speaks evil. We need to confess that tongue that gets us in trouble the thoughts that get us in trouble and God whatever you have said this morning a repentance of a lifestyle or maybe just repentance of salvation and going to get saved but God you move us this morning maybe there's a family here looking for a church home I pray Father you lead them here this morning but as we stand Father I pray that you would move us move us Father may we be a people after your own heart this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.